0: Uh, this is Nick. Uh, you're listening to the DU football show, Drunkard United. Of course, up the blades and fuck the owls.
1: Someone might say the Derby County uh, record is probably going to be safe. Eh, it's looking like it, isn't it? Very much so. Very, very much so. Yeah, I'm just happy they're hitting this
0: vein of form, Manchester United, before Saturday. Well, remember, everybody, I said it before.
1: Manchester United, just calm down. Let's start the show.
2: Fucking goon or grab, stuff of the Lord, Looks great and short, Sam Graham, Sam Graham. Fucking deny it! Fucking deny it!
1: They can't all be winners, boys and girls. Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston. And across the way from me is the extremely confident Samuel Graham. How are we doing tonight, Sammy?
0: It's always been a staple personality trait of mine.
1: Yes. <laughs> you, you killed it in fantasy. You hit your bed. You fucking arsenals in the top ten. You are going to be fucking unbearable tonight. Yep. We're recording uh, at Studio (laughs) H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Well, actually, Sam and I are both Zooming in, and producer Mel is at uh, the illustrious Studio H. But uh, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your footballing friends. Uh, We're seeing the reviews coming on iTunes. We'd like to see more. Remember, five stars, D-back. That's all you got to do, kids. Really simple. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely.
0: If you just jump on the old uh, social medias, uh, like you're probably doing right now, listening to this, uh, we are at Du football show. Also search for the drunkard United FC closed group and request to join that. That's where most of the banter takes place. If you'd like to be old school and send us an email, uh, which we do very much enjoy and check often uh, and read them out on the show. In fact, it's dufootballshow show at gmail.com.
1: Fabulous. Absolutely. Fabulous. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So is the red-blooded Americans we are. We vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, we're drinking a lot of it, too, because tomorrow for me is end of month. <laughs> I have a uh,
0: lot of begging to do tomorrow, my friend. So that normally comes with uh, just shaming myself into the bottom of a bottle. And this one is a particularly good one, the number two. Uh, Whiskey Advocates 2020 Top 20. Uh, The number two uh, whiskey on that list is the Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey 12-Year-Old. This one comes in at 100 proof, which is obviously 50% by volume, and will run you between $59.99 and $69.99 on the shelf. Uh, Until now, most Knob Creek has been bottled at least nine years of age or younger, and for good reason. There's no guarantee the bourbon will taste good after a dozen years in the barrel, let alone great. This one is richly complex from the start. York peppermint patty, oddly specific. uh, Raisins, baking spice, dark chocolate covered cherries, iced tea, and tobacco barn appear on the nose. Followed by a chewy full palate laden with cinnamon, allspice, and ginger. And perfectly balanced with a sweet berry cobbler, chocolate ganache, and caramel. This finish goes on and on. Add in a fair price and excellent availability... As part of Knob Creek's core lineup, and only one question remains: What are you waiting for? It is a fabulous. <laughs> I got
1: to. I got to meet the people that write this copy.
3: <laughs>
1: um, I do. Ironically, get the uh, raisin. You get that kind of uh, uh, amarone kind of quality to it. That that uh, that. Um, what is it? Rancio is the uh, term that's used for that kind of of... Uh, I think of, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rencio or Renquillo. Or, or I can't remember the exact uh, the exact term. But uh, yeah, typically a bourbon with a rye mash build, there's no reason to go over eight years old. There's just no reason to. So like when you look at all the pappies and stuff like that, those are weeders. Weeders age well. But rye ride, ride bourbons tend to, you know, after eight years, they're kind of done. And this is really lovely. It's got... a. Uh, a nice heat lets you know it's there, but not not knock your socks off. And the flavors are fantastic.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I, I always love, I think 100 Proof is absolutely the sweet spot for balance uh, in a whiskey. And part of that is, do you, you obviously do know, and I know we've talked about it on the show probably back in season one, but do you know where Proof comes from? Yeah, it's the uh, gunpowder lighting. So when me. you made Moonshine... You wanted it to be a hundred proof. And the way you would prove that it was 50% alcohol is you would lay out a line of gunpowder and pour your whiskey, your moonshine on that gunpowder and you would light it. And if it burned yellow, it was too low. If it burned blue, it was exactly a hundred proof. If it burned red, it was way over proof and too high. So there you go.
1: Very good. Plus you yeah. proved your whiskey and we're able to sell it. I got to say, I got to say, I was um, going into this one, I was judging a book by its cover and I thought maybe it was going to be all hype and uh, not much substance. It's actually a fabulous bourbon.
0: I was a little skeptical myself. Knob Creek's not exactly one of my favorite bottles of whiskey. Um, and this, knowing that about their their core, I saw no reason to step up to this one ever. And I'm actually pleasantly surprised that we decided to do this. Uh, it's It's very good.
1: All right. And what else do we need to do, Sammy? Just make sure you drink responsibly, guys. Okay. Cheers. Let's get into it. Oh. That was hot. Yeah. Well, I mine was I only have one hand because I'm holding a microphone. So I, forgot a I had the, to do. Honestly forgot I had the wine glass sitting there. I could have done it too and didn't. <laughs> right. I, heard. I covered All right. for well, you guys. Sammy why do we love this league? We love this league because the worst teams can beat the best teams on any given day, and it happened twice this week. Sheffield United 2, Manchester United 1, Burnley 3, Villa 2. Sheffield United, um, if they needed a glimmer of hope, here it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this was the Sheffield United we grew to know from last season. They only had 24.2% of the ball, just three shots on target from five overall. They were incredibly efficient and resolute when they didn't have the ball, which was most of the time. Uh, they took the lead through Keen Bryan um, with a glancing header from a corner. And De Gea had the weakest attempt at a punch that I have ever seen in my life. What have we always said about De Gea?
1: Cannot come off the line he for anything. get off the line. Absolutely. Absolute shit Absolutely fucking line. disgrace. Yeah. And then he stands there and looks around like, well, well what did what, what you you <laughs> <laughs> No, asshole. It was you. <laughs> You're looking around and everybody's looking back. Guess what? You're the asshole.
0: I mean that was that was pitiful. If if I was going to get in a fight, De Gea would be the last person that I would call on for help. Because even though he has amazing reach, he obviously can't punch for shit. No, not we one would bit. be in a ton of trouble, and I would just end up in a two on
1: one. <laughs> um. Now I know I know he was responsible for the goal that Manchester United scored, but gotta give it up to the old man, Phil Jagielka, filling in for Egan had himself a game.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's it helps that he pr- really only has to play five-minute cameos here and there and can really just save his 90-minute runouts for once every two months. Yeah. Because uh, I think he's 38 and well out of shape.
1: <laughs> oh, he was definitely a step behind uh, McGuire on Maguire's goal. <laughs> oh, but, big time. But he just, he did all, you know what he did? The crafty veteran shit. Nudging oh, a yeah, guy of just off the ball, getting just a little bit of body in front of him. Just, I mean, just fucking with people. And it worked to a T. He frustrated the hell out of that Manchester United front uh front attack. Absolutely. Um, especially I mean,
0: some of the weakest attempts at dives I've ever seen. Um, in, in in some of those. It was absolutely pitiful the stuff they thought they could get away with. Um, and I'm I'm glad that finally, after my twenty years of watching football of English football, somebody, some referee finally stood up to Manchester United and said, you know what? No, I'm not giving you a fucking call. Yeah. Stop it. Get the fuck up. It's absolutely ridiculous at home as well. I mean, it it just, it's a disgrace to that stadium. It it was absolutely pitiful. It took until 64 minutes for Harry Maguire to finally put that dumb looking blockhead to good use and, Mm -hmm. uh, and score the equalizer. Um, But Sheffield had other plans, courtesy of a wicked deflection um, from an Ollie Burke strike off of Axel Tronzebe. Tronzebe. And even before that, Which Gea, is a
1: fantastic name. <laughs> before that goal happened, De Gea had a shit clearance that didn't get the ball out, which yep. ultimately led to that goal. So, I mean, you can put both those goals on De Gea for sure.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think he would have had the original shot covered for Molly Burke. Um, but once it hit off of Tronzebe's uh, thigh... He was already past it. He was laying on the ground, and it kind of carooned up back where he had come from and high. There was no way he was going to get back to that. Um, That's unfortunate, but you're right. They should have never
1: been in that position in the first place. If only somebody from the other team was there to uh, lay on the ground and block his vision, right? You know, I mean, it may have helped. (laughs) Man you they love to play from behind. Now, normally they come back and they win, but this instance they don't. Do you think this is going to eventually start to bite them in the ass? I hope it does at least one more time, uh, namely Saturday at 1230.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they this is – it's weird because I almost didn't see the creativity, the effort um, from this team that we've come to expect over the last six, seven weeks. Um, I thought, I mean, they, they bossed the midfield, but in my opinion, really didn't create much. I think they only had two shots on target more than Sheffield United, uh, despite having over three quarters of the ball. It's, you gotta be doing better than that. I mean, this was a game for top spot in the Premier League, even if only temporarily. And they fell, they, they completely crumbled. Um, didn't even get a point, obviously at home. It's just, it, I don't know what to make of this team. I think this game breeds questions after questions after questions of everything that we thought they had
1: reconciled. They just turned around and showed us that those problems still exist. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for them that it legitimately only takes one game for them to completely fuck it off. Right. And if they didn't start the way they started, we'd say, okay, blip on the radar. Or if they didn't have the
0: last, what, five years of what they've been doing, we'd say, okay, blip on the radar. But truth is those results and these kinds of results have plagued them over the last five years or so. And you can't really get away from it. And every time they start to turn a corner or you think they're turning a corner, they fuck it right off and do this again. And it's like, I mean, we were saying two weeks ago. Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham, um, Arsenal's on a bit of a run. They're not going to challenge for the title, but that whole top four race was getting exciting. You add in the new players of uh, new being relative. Obviously, Everton's not new to that race, but Everton, Villa, and West Ham, who no one expected to be in that race, this and Leicester, of course, as well, and then Leicester, obviously, um, uh, uh, in that race as well. So you have realistically nine teams fighting it out for that those top four spots, and mm-hmm. It was exciting. It was get, like, this is good for the league. This is fantastic. And having Manchester United in a position of prominence in the league, while it annoys most of us, is good for English football. That's just part of it. And they they can't
1: seem to seize an opportunity with both hands. I think that comes more to uh, Ole again, as we talked about. Great man-manager. I'm not sure how great of a tactician he really is. No. And, with, and with a team like Manchester United... You need to be both. I mean, what makes Pep and Jurgen so good at what they do is that not only do they know how to manage the egos, they know how to make a system that's going to make those egos perform. Absolutely, and I mean, man, management at a
0: club like that is is probably almost bigger than the tactics. But at some point, you have to have a
1: fucking plan. You do, and you have to. It can't be. It can't be. We're going to withstand pressure. If they score, it doesn't matter. We'll eventually come back and win. That's not a successful uh, a formula to be to to win a title. No, team. absolutely not. And and uh, talked
0: about grabbing an opportunity with both hands. It's really hard when you still have the baby oil you just got done using wanking off Ed Woodward with one hand. It's very hard to grab an opportunity with
1: both because it tends to slip. It tends to slip. Moving on to uh, Burnley and uh, Villa. Burnley has now won two in the league in a row. And has also, in their last three games, scored a total of seven goals. Now, one of those being the FA Cup. So, um, where has all this offensive firepower suddenly come from? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no two words, two (laughs) words, set pieces. (laughs) um, That is
0: true, partially, yes. Um, But I, I just want you to realize my wonderful level of punditry. I'm um, not here. Where's, magnificent. Well, what
1: happened? No clue. None so, whatever. So, so <laughs> Mel was talking with me, and she was like, "Oh, we're getting burned lead." I'm like, "No, darling. When they score three on you, you ain't getting burned lead. You're, you're getting villain <laughs> No, you're getting villain sh- You're getting
0: villed. Um, They, uh, I thought Villa were fantastic. They, they, they kept piling forward. They were putting shots on target. Um, Nick Pope was standing on his head. I mean, I think a two maybe three um, fantastic volleys uh, and strikes on target. A couple from Grealish, one from Bertrand Traore, and Nick Pope didn't even have to parry it, just caught it clean out the air and started the counterattack.
1: And uh, well, that's one of the big things I was going to bring up is with with somebody like Nick Pope is he holds on to just about everything, right? If you compare him to his counterpart in England, which is Pickford, Pickford spills a lot of shots. Pope doesn't spill anything. I mean, it's, right. he he holds on to it's the hands are made of glue. He holds on to everything, right? And but apparently, I, his distribution isn't good enough for Gareth Southgate. <laughs> Which is bullshit because if you watched if you watched Everton play this week, guess what? Pickford's fucking distribution was fucking shit. Yeah, and and he and he bobbled one into the fucking net. Uh, I have it written here yet again. Pope is a fucking monster. He should be England's number one. Period. End of discussion. It's not even up for debate. He's the best fucking English keeper right now. Yeah, I, I
0: I would completely agree with you. Um, I think that first goal was just Ollie Watkins' brilliance. Uh, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, just kind of caught him off guard the way in which he he glanced that um past him on full stride instead of trying to take a hit at the near post, which I think is what Pope was expecting. Um and just kind of let it run on his body and glanced it to the far post and and Pope was like, oh shit. Didn't he just kind of rooted to the spot, didn't know what to do. Right. Um other so, than that, uh, so neck I mean it the problem is is it's Burnley, right? So Villa felt comfortable at that point. It took Burnley until 52 minutes to make a move, um, and they finally did. Um, and again, as you said, it was a set piece. It was Ben mee rising well to power home
1: ahead or just fucking Hulk smash. Yeah, and uh, uh, Martinez had himself a nice little diving save in there too in the first half as well. A couple of them,
0: absolutely. Um, both, I thought both goal. I mean, for giving up three goals, that's probably the best performance I've ever seen from a goalkeeper that gave up
1: three goals. Yeah, precisely. So uh, somebody's being exceptionally silent over there. They maybe need to do a shot of Malord, I believe.
4: You know, I um, I turned the camera off and leave the room while you were talking about the earlier game because I totally forgot to grab the bottle.
1: Uh-huh. Aha.
4: <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's right, we lost. I didn't watch the game, unfortunately. I had to go to D.C. Uh, and missed it. But Lindsay kept me updated with the correct scores. Not to be confused with my husband, who did not keep me updated with the correct scores.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was sending them to you while driving. So I put saying. down my phone, which has directions of taking me to an account. And then another goal happened. So I'm so fucking sorry. It's okay. I, Next I, time, I won't. I, you know what? Next time, how about you be a better fan and keep an eye on your fucking team yourself? Just saying, oh, and by the way, I stop Lindsay. delaying the inevitable. <laughs> Do the fucking shot and then hit hmm. the fucking mute button.
4: I had, I had Lindsay looking out for me. So, um, yeah. So the shots for uh, we had Sad Jack. Now we have <sighs> Mad Jack. Uh,
0: so I, I would like to say something. I um, I would like to equate Sam's uh, missing of opportunity in, in helping you out, Mel, um, as basically the Villa defense uh, being Sam and your need for information being Dwight McNeil's goal. Because <laughs> there was at least seven opportunities for somebody to put a touch on it and not have it go into the far post. <laughs> but in the most comical goal of the weekend, uh, a comedy of errors at the back and nobody just, every I'm sorry, everybody waved at it as it went by. <laughs> yep. And the opportunity uh, evaded him much like it did with the phone.
1: So I'm still very nervous about Burnley as far as uh, a possible injury goes and how this can hurt them. But you got to say, this might have gotten them in the clear. It's
0: possible. They'll take some confidence from it, Absolutely um and, and right, the, they skip they skip over newcastle
1: now yeah Newcastle's further down in the table than they are
0: 100 percent, and that's obviously going to be very worrying for uh steve bruce's side um which i don't think he's going to be in charge of much longer uh but it all depends on whether mike ashley has a bid or not for the club no
1: yeah <laughs> precisely
0: i mean if he if he doesn't have a bid um basically uh he'll take the payout because he'll need to. If he does have a bid, he won't want to have to pay Steve Bruce out a bunch of money and cut into his profit. So that's really what it boils down to. I mean, the man's a selfish prick and we all know that.
1: Hey, 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 he bought all the pasta for his team. I'm telling you all the fucking pasta. (laughs) Here. I have to uh, rip off a page as I continue with my notes. Oh, I'm trying to give you guys sound cues, pauses, and then I have to do stuff too. Here it is. All right. Excellent. Uh, there's a little shuffling around the top five, uh, including one very quietly unexpected one. Liverpool three, Tottenham one, West Ham three, Palace two. Liverpool finally find the goals, despite having an insanely frustrating first half.
0: Absolutely. Um, an, ex- an insanely lucky first half, I think, uh, in the way in which it started because Son was clean through and scored on Allison's near post. And I think that is a very different game. If VAR allows that to stand, mm-hmm. but they took about four and a half minutes <laughs> and, uh, and finally made what I think was the right decision, uh, which was to disallow the goal. Um, and then, it was very frustrating. Hugo Lloris had a, a string of fantastic saves, and uh, I think the the biggest one I think was on Sadio Mane. Um, the ball played over the top, and he just kind of poked that ball through. And diving, Lloris literally just stopped it on the ground in midair, hand still on the ball, and then fell on top of it. Um, yeah, with with no rebound whatsoever it was absolutely fantastic.
1: Mane pulled like we, what we like to professionally call a Mores, where he had a uh, hat trick of opportunities to score and none of them went in the net.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, then, <laughs> something we don't normally associate with uh, Jose Mourinho's sides, um, at least of the past, uh, that mystique is is beginning to wear off, I think. But two missed opportunities in a row, missed assignments, I'm sorry, in a row. Uh, One from Serge Aurier, who was, I I believe, substituted at halftime uh, Mm -hmm. as a result of this. But in stoppage time, um, lost track of Mane. Ball was played over the top. Mane gathered in yards and yards and yards of space. Played the ball into the middle, where Eric Dyer lost track of Roberto Firmino. And uh, he was able to tap home from about a yard and a half out. And Hugo uh, uh, Lloris, I'm sorry, was stranded
1: with uh, nothing he could do. And so you figure there and was, that was probably, the gut punch. Yeah. You figure it was probably a rather heated uh, halftime talk from mm. uh, Mourinho, one it's that should it, yeah. I- inspire the team to go out and play a little bit harder. And then they fucked right off in the second half. What
0: was it, 47 minutes? Is mm-hmm. it two minutes on the clock in the second half? <laughs> yep. Um, it was absolutely pitiful from Lurice, uh, in this instance. I think that he honestly blew his load in the first half and really didn't have much left in the tank. And uh, you, that's not something you want to see from your goalkeeper. He's got to be putting that ball wider or holding on. Honestly, he should be holding on to that ball, in my opinion. Um, but he parried it straight into the path of Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, who, and I don't know who the left back was for Tottenham today, actually, off the top of my head. Uh, but he was in... a. Acres of space again. Nobody within 10 yards of him uh, and was able to fire home with relative ease yeah, to was. take the lead. Uh, and then finally, Mane um, did end up getting his goal to to round out the scoring for Liverpool. But that wasn't uh, before Pierre-Emile Hoiberg absolutely fucking killed the ball into the right side netting. Uh, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Completely. Sh-
1: I'm sorry. I mean, I was going to say that but he ended up, Hoiberg gets the goal, gets the one goal for Tottenham.
0: Oh yeah. And it was fantastic. You talk about fucking Hulk smash. <laughs> he Hulk smashed the shit out of it with the precision of Hawkeye. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was, do you, when they slowed it down and they put the camera angle behind him on the replay, it was absolutely fucking beautiful. He... <laughs> sliced it just enough on purpose but hit it with pace as well and it just dragged the ball curled it so it was always going away from the goalkeeper and tucked so beautifully inside that right hand post if he didn't play for tottenham i'd want to shake his hand but he does
1: so fuck the cunt (laughs) so um uh i mean spurs this is it the best they're going to do is a is like fourth place right the absolute ceiling for them at the moment.
0: Um, I do want to the the young uh, Welsh defender. Uh, I think his name is Roden. Yeah, Joe Roden. Um, it was very unlucky. I, I just don't think he's really ready for this level yet. Um, mm-hmm. But the ball gets played over the top from Trent Alexander Arnold for Mane's goal, and really credit where it's due. Mane reacted very very quickly. But all Roden did essentially was trap it into the path of Mane, and on a half volley decent control, and decent reactions. And uh, Hugo Lloris didn't even have a chance to react before it was in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is exactly what they needed. They needed those guys scoring again. They needed a, they needed a big statement win. Now, um, I do say, though, for Liverpool, unfortunate for them is now they need help from other teams, and they're going to have to beat City and United if they want this title. They will have to beat them. What was great about this result is it keeps Liverpool within touching
0: distance. But you're absolutely right. Now they have to beat City. So where some of these games tend to come too early, uh, teams within the top six playing each other Mm -hmm. tend to come a little too early in the season or while things are still a little too close. Liverpool have real ground to make up. And that six-pointer is going to mean that that game will deliver. That game will be everything the hype is going to make it out to be because they have no choice but to move forward and try to win that game. There is no playing for a draw there. Because the way City are rolling at the moment, there you there's I don't see them dropping any other points. I mean, what other team is going to beat them the way they're playing currently? Right. Now, again, they're on a knife's edge, in my opinion. One, two injuries. They could lose a bunch of games. Yeah, they're but, managing to get by
1: without De Bruyne now, but for how long will that last?
0: Right, and it really it's defensively is the problem. If if Stones goes down or Laporte goes down or Diaz goes down, are they able to, to reorganize and galvanize um, offensively? I mean, they're plug-and-play offensively, minus Gabriel Jesus. They are plug-and-play. You plug him in anywhere you want, he ain't going to score your goal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Speaking about a team that is scoring goals, West Ham, my goodness, get another three. And honestly, even though Palace opened up the scoring, Palace was never in this match. This was all West Ham. And West Ham, until Liverpool got that win, was finding themselves in fourth fucking place.
0: I was to say, I, I wrote here the first sentence of my notes is I've been hesitant to say it, but jumping into fourth place, I think West Ham may just be the real deal this season. Um, they've got uh, the work ethic. they've got the organization now, um and they're getting goals from multiple places. I mean it's it, it's obviously boded very well for my fantasy team, but who would have thought that that Thomas Suchek, that was what his sixth and seventh goals mm-hmm. from defensive midfield? I mean, the guy's been a revelation uh, for West Ham this season that and we talk about it with Smokey all the time and and Chris has chimed in on this uh, from down in Houston as well, where you sell Sebastian Allaire, who's the really the only recognized striker on your books, and uh, you have Mikel Antonio, of course, who's a converted left back to a striker uh, when he made the move to to West Ham years uh, years ago, but really one of their main problems for. The last several years, and one of the jokes that we all make about them is they've ruined strikers. That No no one goes there and scores goals. Well, all of a sudden, they're finding them, and they still have the organization and the rest of the team. They have a good goalkeeper in Lucas Fabianski, and once again, Arsenal are supplying the rest of the league with quality players so they can have a chance to do something.
1: You, could, you always love to turn this into pro-Arsenal agenda somehow, Especially don't you? Especially when it's about other London clubs. Yeah, well, (laughs) here's the funny thing with Moyes. Moyes deserves a shit ton of credit, and I'd even go so far as to say he deserves manager of the year credit because he is doing it while he has an ownership group that is actively trying to see this club fail.
0: Yeah, the Dildo brothers. (laughs) Apparently, their family really wanted to see football live again, so he uh, created positions on the board and put his family in those positions so they could get coronavirus tested by the club's uh, dime and be able to attend matches as being members of the board.
1: Yeah, precisely. Uh, and cunts.
0: Uh, Absolute cunts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely
0: um, ridiculous. But they, they, we talked before about um, Mikel Antonio and the problems he causes with unconventional runs he makes. Right. Uh, it was a good ball, but perfectly weighted, but into a nothing position for that opening West Ham goal. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that real quick, where Pablo Fornals plays that ball, kind of scoops it over the top, well wide of the goal, and puts Mikel Antonio in a very difficult position. Just keeps the ball alive. I don't even think he knew Suchek was there. Um, yep. Just trying to keep the ball alive, kept it in play brilliantly, and finds the forehead of uh, of Suchek uh, marauding into the box late, and it was a, a powerful, it was a wonderful header. Um, and then his other goal was brilliant as well. He didn't know much about that. Um, all of that shit is great. And and West Ham fully deserved the win, in my opinion. There was two mental lapses that allowed uh, Crystal Palace to score their two goals. I never thought West Ham were out of it. What I really want to talk about, and I love a temper tantrum, was mm-hmm. Mikel Antonio after hitting the post twice <laughs> and... Uh, redirecting poor efforts from teammates just wide on two other occasions through the biggest hissy fit I've ever seen him throw. And I imagine that's what he looked like standing on the side of his Ferrari as everyone was taping him in his <laughs> in his
1: uh, uh, snowman costume. Running out the rest of the league and oh, so that happened. City five, West Brom nil. Leeds two, Newcastle one, Arsenal three, Southampton one, Everton one, Leicester one, Chelsea nil, Wolves nil, Brighton nil, Fulham nil. Um, City finally dropped the boom.
0: I was going to say, this: the smugness with which you delivered that scoreline says it all, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't
0: it? Who didn't see that coming?
1: <laughs> West
0: Brom nil, City
1: <laughs>
0: like, ooh, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was going to come eventually. Um, and yeah. West Brom just happened to be the unlucky recipients of uh, City's fuck you, we're going back to first place game. That's right. just Precisely. what it is. Uh, for everything that Manchester United didn't do, Manchester City did do. And under Pep Guardiola, they're nothing but proven winners in every competition except the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So... It, it just, this was an inevitable result. There's not really much to say about it, to be honest. Gundawin again, though, riding that wave, scoring
1: two brilliant fucking goals. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been absolutely fabulous this year. And I think he deserves a nod for uh, player of the season for the Premier League.
0: Absolutely. I, 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 would completely agree with you on that note. Um, one thing I do want to bring up about this game, though, one thing worth talking about is the offsides rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it pertains to VAR, um, the, Wonderful linesman, actually. The, the one that Sergio Aguero grabbed around the shoulder. Um, right. Excuse me. She was the lineswoman again uh, for this game. Um, no Aguero. Excuse me. No Aguero, of course. But um, this is why they tell the linesman not to put their flags up until the play is complete. In certain situations, yes, put it up. Very obvious situations put it up because somebody could get hurt, i.e. Virgil van Dyke. Hold on. Moment of silence for the Dutch tulip, please. But Thank you. What, it's been a while. <laughs> what happens is, um, in this instance, it was very tight. She put her flag up. West Brom stopped playing. Zhao Cancelo looked like he was on the training ground just fucking around. Threw up a left-footed shot uh, that you couldn't have held any better into the top left corner uh, from the right side of the goal. And... um and VAR actually rules that he was onside, and because the play was complete, it's a goal. Right. It stands. The referee never blew his whistle. Now, part of that, you can argue, is on West Brom. You play to the whistle. Until the referee blows the fucking whistle, you don't stop. Right. But you at, keep the running. T- at the same time, the, when the referee raises her flag, when the the lineswoman raises her flag, you have to... You know, as a defender, you kind of switch off. You're like, oh, ref's not going to throw his def- uh, his 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 partner under the bus. Referee's not going to do that, and referee did do that. So, um, it was unfortunate, but it was a, a lovely, lovely strike. You can't take anything away from Kinsella. That was brilliant. Really was,
1: and it's um, City's here. It's City's title to lose. Yep. It really is. It's completely it is. in their hands
0: now. They have a it game in won. hand as well.
1: Yeah, um, their game in hand is thus, so it's not an easy win. But it's still whatever they get out of that is just added points to their current lead. Right. It right. depends on Pickford, really, doesn't it? Yeah. It really <laughs> fucking does. Um, so going into the next match, uh, I, I would like to try to say something nice about Newcastle. So I will say the following When St. Maximon got subbed in, the game changed for them. The problem it was it was already too late.
0: Absolutely. Um, it was another, my my first line, I'll read it to you verbatim. Another shit show from Newcastle, although they can take something as they scored from open play. Yeah. That hopefully take a little bit of confidence from that. Um, but the goals were, uh, for Leeds were blatant mistakes from their defense. I mean, it was mm-hmm. falling asleep, losing track of players. Um, Jack, Jack Harrison. What a goal that was. Mm-hmm. How cool, calm, collected. Almost with a chip on his shoulder as well, the way in which he collected the ball, gathered himself, picked his spot, hit it. I mean, he could have pointed at the damn thing, and Darlow wasn't going to get there. No, it was a, a fantastic strike outside of the left boot on the half volley, and uh, and just out of Darlow's reach. It was it was absolutely brilliant, and then walked away with a smug ass look on his face too. I love it. Although a dude with a top knot being smug makes me want to punch him in the face.
1: Yeah, it comes off a little hipster douchebaggery, doesn't it? Very <laughs> Absolutely. much. Absolutely. If he funny, had a beard,
0: I, if he had a beard, I would have said he just got done brewing
1: a dipper. <laughs> yes, he had. Would he, you have called it the lumbersexual? <laughs> could be, maybe. And if you wanted to find out about the lumbersexual dipper, Sam, how would you have done that?
0: You could uh, check out our beer segment on the uh, on Injury Time, which is our Patreon show. At uh-huh. um, find that at www.patreon.com backslash Du Football Show. You know,
1: um, it's clear that I'm a finisher. But when I give you a cherry fucking pass, you you stumble through it. So work stumble on it. Be, it. Be, Fuck off, mate. Be, be better, Sam. Be better. Hey, um, I do all of those adverts off the cuff, my friend. No, Leeds, Leeds gets the win. Um, I would say they should just be thankful that they got to play Newcastle. Because they weren't yeah, they didn't really that well. great. They yeah, really they didn't weren't. didn't play very well at all. Um, they they could have scored a lot more goals, and they were not ruthless at all in front of net. No, but uh, you're, you're absolutely
0: right. The, one of the words I wrote here in my notes was, uh, in, in terms of Newcastle, was sleepwalking, um, and I think that's what they're doing in the last few weeks is is sleepwalking through this league, and they're finding themselves being sucked down into a relegation battle. It's the stuff of night terrors. It really is. Yeah, yeah, because... For Newcastle fans. And nobody seems to give a shit. Steve Bruce should be gone. Steve Bruce should have been gone weeks ago,
1: but Mike Ashley doesn't care. No, and that's and that's just it. I think it's the complacency of Newcastle that is so hard to watch. And I have to imagine, you know, for friends of ours like Alan and Keith, you have to literally be pulling your hair out because it's just so frustrating to watch. Knowing that you have a fairly decent team, knowing that you have competition for spots, and... And the manager doesn't know how to manage the people, and he doesn't have tactics. So what? What is what is he like? Fucking Ole, but like a nuru. He's all covered in oil instead of just his two hands. <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: Um, you know what? If if I was going to want Steve Bruce to manage something, it would be my run. You remember that game show, Supermarket Sweepstakes? <gasps> Yes. Where you would run through and try to buy as much shit as you can for the certain amount of money or whatever. And then if you won, you actually
1: got a grocery store shopping spree. Yeah, they redid the show recently, and Leslie Jones has been hosting it, the old SNL gal.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, if I wanted Steve
0: Bruce to manage something, it would be my original run through the Tesco uh, to win the prize at the end. Because I think the only thing that man knows how to do is find a deal on a sausage
1: roll. I told ah, you that a couple weeks ago. And he, and he know where all the good pies are. That's for sure. The exactly. Nice, <laughs> the nice you wanna, expensive pies. Yeah. You, and he'd, he'd point you in the direction of the steak pie, not the minced meat pie for fuck's sake. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to find a good
0: can of Carlsberg? You ask Steve Bruce where it is in the Tesco. I guarantee he's got it mapped out.
1: So your match is literally a tale of two teams going in opposite directions. York moving up the table. Southampton's moving down the table.
0: Yeah, I think they're getting excited about this cup run, to be honest with you. And uh, part of it, Danny Ings was out for a bit and he's just coming back. So he's trying to find his feet again, I think. Um, and we were the lucky recipients of that. Uh, however, um, our front four has been playing very, very well these last couple of weeks. And no secret, uh, Bakuya Saka is our talisman at the moment. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe has done... Fantastic since he's coming to the team and balanced our midfield, it can be said. Um, and you, we were talking about on the phone, uh, the other day after the weekend, and uh, you said that that loss in the FA Cup justified Mikel Arteta changing the team and dropping William, dropping Pepe. I said it on the show. Oh, you did say it on the show. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. We said it on the phone as well, um, which is more memorable than the show, to be honest, because I'm not drinking all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough because I, i'm glad you said it because you're not drinking all day because if you were about to say our phone conversations are more uh, memorable than our show then we're doing it wrong mate we're doing it fucking wrong
0: we just drink during the show and i forget what we do also uh, this is like a com- not, not competitive but this is like a that sort of mindset and you got to have a short memory if you fuck something up you got to keep it moving
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very, very, very true. (laughs) Fortunate for me, I have a co-host who likes to remind me of all the things I say wrong,
0: which is really great. I am your opponent. Yeah, You know what I will say, and this is, for once, I'm going to break from the trend that I am going to get on Mel because she left the lipstick filter on, and it's quite distracting. Every time she moves her head, (laughs) her lips stay in the same
1: spot. Yeah, she's got the eyebrows. She's got the lipstick. She's got the fucking... uh, Christmas lights up. She is just all. Oh, she is a special fucking girl. That is for damn sure tonight. Um, yeah, I think I, the other thing I was going to say with South Southampton too. Uh, Vestergaard is a huge miss because it's not just what he can do on set pieces on one end of the pitch. He's a fucking giant. Like his yeah. physical presence really changes how a team can attack when you've got this fucking monster just like Hulk smashing everything.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that against us in particular, I don't know that he would have been that much of a help because we don't play a lot of balls through the air. So him being tall and physical doesn't really affect us, really, because we don't play that kind of game. We play the ball on the pitch and try to walk the ball in the back of the net. Right. Um and it happened to work a couple of times. Uh, it also helps when Alex McCarthy decides to run 23 yards from goal for absolutely no fucking reason.
1: <laughs> that does uh,
0: Which allowed Bakuya Saka <laughs> to score his, uh, which was a fine finish as he was stumbling, I, I might say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he had a goal and an assist again. He was he was fantastic. Um, a couple of one-twos, I, I thought we were brilliant. And, and Nicolas Pepe actually showed the reason why which we signed him. Good balance, good strength. To hold off the defender, sorted his feet out, picked his spot, bang, goal. Didn't try to overdo it. There was no drag back. There was no step overs. There was no any of that bullshit. He yeah. collected the pass. He turned. He held the defender off. He picked his spot. Arsenal won. Uh, uh, equalized. I'm sorry. The, I forgot Southampton had scored first. So it it was. I thought it was an all around great performance from Arsenal and just riding the wave of that form. Fuck the FA Cup this year. Perfectly fine with that. We need to finish this high up and put ourselves in the conversation for that top four. Um, and we're, at the moment, riding that wave. And uh, and I'm loving it.
1: Um, one of the key things, it's good to see that Pepe had a good game because ultimately he's going to have to succeed at Arsenal. You invested so much money over a long period of time to buy him that he's going to have to be successful. Lacazette near the end of his contract, not the end of the world, right? William, you signed him on a one-year deal, not the end of the world, right? But Pepe has to fucking work. He yeah. has to work cuz I mean, you you it's it's like financing a bad car loan the way you bought him. I told you, it was
0: for those of you that aren't local, uh Eastern Motors is a second chance um, car dealership here so if you have shit credit they don't care you bring in your pay stub you make enough money to make the car payment they're going to give you a car
1: owned uh, by former football team great linebacker lavar arrington correct he used <laughs> he used to do the songs at eastern the motors murders. motors your, your jobs, jobs are, are credit, credit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: and um they didn't pay us to say this shit either Uh, But it was absolutely fantastic uh, the way in which we signed them, and fantastic in a bad way. Um, This is... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, turn it off quick before we get sued. (laughs) Especially with the rap.
1: The whole rap is LaVar Arrington Arrington too. Um, It is so horrible. It's great. It was the shittest commercials
0: that you've ever seen in your life. It was, I, I've actually bought a car from there uh, back in the day.
2: And the <laughs> you know
1: what, I think Mel thinks she's got it in the, uh, in the queue and not realizing that she's playing it over and over again live. Was it really? <laughs> oh yeah
4: oh my god i'm sorry
1: <laughs> oh my god all right quick pause on the show mel i was about to give you credit for amazing producing no i was, no, it was it in up. the queue and you had it actually no, on playing was, while we were talking i was
4: pulling it up but i was getting ready to pull it in i'm like why can't i hear it because i had the ipad and not the cell phone up so yeah i didn't oh, yeah. realize we, we heard
1: it twice we heard it twice oh that's oh, brilliant
0: no leave it in love
1: it oh it was, it was i was fantastic. trying to play it's it even It's even more brilliant that you were trying and you fucked it up. That Because I was already to finally, for once, in the Uh, long story history of our our loving relationship and marriage, I was about to give you credit for something. (laughs) And that moment is now lost.
4: I I was doing it on purpose. I just had it on the wrong channel.
0: Mm, But you know what? I always say, as it pertains to this show in particular, we always fall ass backwards into good (laughs) shit. And that was one of it. absolutely that was one of those occasions because uh, so, it also started right back up right after i said i fucking bought a car from
1: that <laughs> at eastern motors it well, was good. brilliant
4: i did it if it sounds good guys i did it all on purpose
1: <laughs> uh, you know what you need to do on purpose is hit a fucking mute button that's what you need yeah. to do on purpose
0: um but you anyway know. yeah right, no fine. so we we 72 million for pepe over 6 years or something with a ridiculous increase in payments every year. I mean, it honestly is like a car loan from Eastern Motors or a fucking mortgage from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. It is absolutely predatory and terrible what Lille did to us. And Lille, uh, uh subsequently, has a ton of financial problems. So this is why I think uh, Ron, uh, Raul Sanelli left. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately why I think some of these deals that he structured, uh, he was getting kickbacks on or there was some sort of, something going on uh, or a percentage of the transfer for some odd reason. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's something illegal there, um, but I don't know that it can be proved necessarily. But very rarely do you see somebody move on from a sporting director, quote unquote, I think was his job title, even though really what he did was the, the transfer uh, uh, contracts and stuff and and contracts between the clubs and negotiations. All so it's right, it, it just, it's
1: it's weird. Let's keep this one moving because we can talk about it more later. But, I mean, like I said, the key thing is is that's a player that's going to have to work. It's going to have to be figured out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We averaged all our bets on him. Everton get an ugly point. Um, This has been working when they play this way against Leicester. They make Leicester have to try to force the action, and Leicester can't typically do it. Especially without Jamie Vardy. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. They had 18 shots. Only managed to put five on target. Yep. So great, you took a lot of shots, but they meant fuck all. And really what Everton kind of did was went, okay, fine, we'll we'll give you shots. You're just not gonna get good ones. You're not gonna get yeah. good opportunities. Speaking of a good shot though, hummus. Kissed it in off the post, mate. <laughs> fuck me, Christ. Jesus, what an amazing goal. Sorry, Russ. I'm using all the Lord's names in vain. God damn it, that was amazing. <laughs> like I It was I mean, fantastic. Woo! Oh my goodness. Um, and just one thought for uh for for both Everton and Leicester, and I'll let you give your two cents. First off, as an Everton fan, I am getting sick and fucking tired of watching Jordan Pickford cost us fucking points. It has become insanely annoying. You can make some excuses that maybe he didn't see the ball when it came to him. But, uh, but even before that, this shouldn't have been a fucking corner. He dove and knocked the ball away so he could look pretty doing it and gave up a fucking corner that ultimately directly resulted in that goal. I think
0: you can kind of give cut a keeper some slack when he sees it late and he's a little out of position. Jordan Pickford was in position for this strike.
1: He just didn't get down in
0: time. And it wasn't even a solid hit, to be honest. Um, not not at all. And it was decent enough, but it it wasn't, you know... I mean, it, He would have forced Pickford into a save. I Pickford should have been able to hold on to
1: it. This is... If, if Lester, that was Nick
0: Pope, he'd have dropped his pants down, laid his dick on the floor, and picked it up with his dick.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. He absolutely would. Right.
0: And it would have been no problem. What you're worried about. Let's keep it moving. And instead, it's Jordan Pickford, so... You drop two points. And, and that's, that's really the story. That's the uh, end of it.
1: Right. And, and, uh, and Nick Pope is clearly England's number one. A long, veiny, thick number one. And, <laughs> and with Leicester, if you want to be top four, that's an opportunity lost.
3: Everton think decided so to play well, a very yeah.
1: defensive game. And, and credit to Everton. It was... That was Carlo Ancelotti out-managing Brendan Rodgers. That's that game in a nutshell. That's exactly what it was. But if you're Leicester and you want to be in the top four, that's a fucking game you have to win. You have to fucking win that game.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you can also look at the experience going through the Leicester side and the relative lack of experience going through the Everton side. And that manifests in the managers as well. One of the pundits I was listening to on Talk Sport, I believe... Might have been one of the podcasts I listened to uh, on the side of our own. Um, But basically, uh, it was absolutely pissing it down with rain the entire time. Brendan Rodgers stood in the technical area the entire game, uh, did not have his hood on. Carlo Ancelotti, when he ventured off of his bench uh, to the uh, technical area, immediately put the hood up. And that's just experience. Yeah, (laughs) That's just experience. It's raining outside, mate. Cover
1: your fucking head. All right, that 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 eyebrow told him to put that uh, hood on, you know. <laughs> and um, moving on to Chelsea and uh, and Wolves, Chelsea clearly dominated the match. I mean, they dominated Completely possession, dominated and the match. and Patricio kept them in the match. But I, I think this is just you know Tuchel's taken over the team two days ago. How the fuck is I, he supposed to? I also do think anything? it was
0: a bit wasteful from Chelsea though. They did have some chances mm-hmm. uh, that I think they could have done done better with wolves for the first time in a very long time for the first time that i can remember did not even register a shot on target in this game um so they were a little bit more organized seemed to be a bit more galvanized put in the effort that frank has been bitching about for the last month and a half and look what happened they completely dominated the game had every chance to win it and it was just a bit off I think you're going to see Tuchel write um, the ship a little bit. The problem is the longevity, and I think this is why they only gave him an 18-month contract. We said it before, it, managing up is part of a, a, a manager's job, Right. and he's not great at that. No. Um, he clashes all the time with sporting directors at every club he's ever been at, and it's. I think it's going to be difficult for him in the long term, but I think Chelsea know that. And uh, they're kind of tired of also paying out managers
1: all the fucking time. So they only signed him on for 18 months anyway. Yeah. Uh, Potence is back for Wolves. That's huge. Uh, mm-hmm. Covering that too with the uh, signing of uh, William Jose. Once he gets bedded in, they should be able to be fine offensively. But again, for this side, this is this is starting to learn how to live life as your players are getting older. And this is definitely a transition year for them. And they should be happy with the fact in a transition year, comfortably going to be 12th place comfortably absolutely in a transition year that's good that's because normally in a transition year it's 15th or 16th and you're sniffing at the fucking relegation battle like they're not even they're 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 not even a thought of being in the relegation battle i'm with you there so so for Um, them on a transition period you gotta be happy with it i mean it's you want your team ultimately to be successful but in a transition That's not fucking bad.
0: Well, really, the only problem is no Raul Jimenez. The the goals, it's hard to spread his goals around the team enough to to pick up the points necessary. Um, But one thing I will say, something came out, and it's quite important. Have you wondered why the guns of Ardama Traore are always glistening? No, why are they? He actually does baby oil them before games. (sighs) Oh. The reason, there is a reason, Mm -hmm. and I get it. For pacey players, it makes sense. Because he
1: wants to look more swole than all of Wickham? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Could be part of it.
0: (laughs) But the legitimate footballing reason is that players, based on pace, get grabbed and held a lot, which puts them off their running uh, in general. Baby oil makes it hard for you to grab onto him, and he has a very big base for you to grab. I just think he wants to let the guns look
1: fucking sweet and
0: shiny. You can think what you want, I think.
1: Uh, Nuno told him to do it because Nuno's very wise. Truth is out there, and I know what the truth is. He wants to look swol. That's all there is to it. Um, Brighton-Fulham. <laughs> uh, this one point was much bigger for, for Brighton than it was for Fulham.
0: I would completely agree with you, and it was absolutely an exciting nil-nil. This is how a draw can be exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think both teams absolutely went after it. Now, there were just eight shots on target between the two teams, but a total of 26 shots reigned in uh, towards goal, at least. Um, both goalkeepers played very well. I think uh, the Premier League app had Areola as the uh, as the tits for this week um, uh, in terms of the king of the match or the Budweiser king of the match or whatever they call it now. Um, but it was uh, man of the match is the traditional term. But it was a really great show of why these two teams are where they are. They're fairly organized. They're decent footballing sides, but they're devoid devoid I'm sorry of any clinical quality necessary to nick wins in this division.
1: Yeah, Fulham's got to start getting W's. They're both, the, of, the them point, both well, of them do. Both of them have to score goals. Yeah, but but even Brighton, I think right now is six points ahead of, or I'm sorry, five points ahead of Fulham. Fulham has to start getting W's. They have to start catching these guys. They they're, they're just It doesn't matter how pesky and how well they're playing. It's not going to mean fuck all if you don't catch somebody in points. Remember, the key thing is to have three teams shittier than you. If you're not getting Ws against the team directly in front of you, that's it. You're fucked. Yeah, I I, I would absolutely agree with that. It's time to tell you what little we know it is. Prediction time. Uh, Let's start with... I missed, Pat missed, Kitty missed, and this lucky piece of shit, Peloton-riding fucker, hit his fucking bed. He did well in fucking fantasy, and now he's going to gloat. Yep.
0: I am going to gloat. I am the only one of the three of us in the positive, my friend.
1: I am up $17. And I have been in the positive most of the fucking season until recently. Let me ask you a question.
0: Uh-huh. Are you only as good as your last result? Because that's what I remember about sports.
1: Um, okay. So then by that rationale, Sheffield United should be champions of the fucking prem.
0: I didn't say that it won you anything. I just said you're only as good as your last result. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> fuck off. Absolutely.
1: Okay. I'll fuck off. I'll fuck off my $17 and you can go pay the man. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. So, here now finally comes Sam Graham's safe and secure fucking bet of the week because he's not going to bet anything crazy because now he wants to desperately cling to his fucking lead. I am going to risk $182 to win 100 in betting Everton
0: to beat Newcastle (laughs) on Saturday at lunchtime. Oh, fuck
1: you. That means we're going to lose.
0: No, it's not. You're going to win. Newcastle are absolute fucking trash. And I'm going to be $117 up.
1: And our bogey team for the last three years has been fucking Newcastle.
0: You're going to break that bogey. They, they, right. They're they showing no signs of life, in my opinion. You're absolutely fine.
1: All right. Well, do we uh, we have them on there, uh, Mel? Let's go ahead and, and cue now, his music. It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick It A Week. Pat, how's Pat. darts and uh, and, and, and the caps gun. going?
3: <laughs> What's that?
1: How's uh darts and uh, and uh, um caps going?
3: Oh, fucking caps man! Just like destroyed man. Like first period, they were down three nothing. Came back and won six four, I believe. Oh wow! Hell yes! Yeah, nice. yeah. Scored <laughs> yeah. four in the uh, second period and another uh, two in the in the third. You it sound like awful. a man
0: that won some money on that.
3: No, I didn't actually, man. I just was enjoying fucking watching hockey again, man. It's it's, it's great. I, I, you know, been so long. Uh,
1: so, uh, Pat, I'm not sure if you knew, but Sam's four way parlay actually hit.
3: Oh, I know! Now I know. I saw. I saw on Twitter. I'm off Facebook. Fuck Facebook. When yeah. I saw on Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking he just pure horse ass luck finally fucking hits a bet
3: so I'm like I'm the guy like stranded you know what so <laughs> this week I'm gonna I'm gonna pull some Sam shit <laughs> okay go for it <laughs> All right. so uh, I am going to risk $1,500 and uh, 15 uh, $1,540 for Manchester City over Sheffield to win
1: $200 wow so, if Sheffield wins, you lose 1500.
3: But Oh, if if, they, if there is a draw in that game, I lose 1500.
1: Oh, my God. No shit. Okay. Is, is that it? Are you I, just doing that one or are you doing some other crazy shit?
3: I'm, I'm going to do something else, too. <laughs> to, 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 to cover somewhat of that, uh, I'm going to take Tottenham. Uh, I actually like this, too. So win straight up. Tottenham okay. plus 136. So I'm going to risk 200 on that uh to, to win to two seventy two over Brighton. Okay. is that I a bad I think
1: that's, that's a pretty safe shout.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So is the Manchester City bet not safe?
1: Uh it's it's probably safe. It's just if it doesn't it's it's a very safe bet. The problem is is God forbid it doesn't
3: hit, you'll lose
1: fifteen hundred fucking dollars.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, man? It's Come on, Doublades. Like, <laughs> hey, it you know I mean? It's like buying GameStop at uh, $400, you know?
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Love it. All right, Pat, we'll talk to you on Monday, okay?
3: <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs>
1: all right, be good, man. Be good. Yeah, you too. <laughs> all right, uh, for, forgive me, guys, because I did this all on the fly uh, behind the scenes. I uh, showed up back at the farm here at Ragged Branch about uh, an hour before showtime. So I did not get a chance to do the math yet. I believe I was down like 145, so I should be down 245 now. Um, So I'll confirm all that on Monday, exactly how much I'm down. But that doesn't matter because my tried and true system...
2: Big Sam's Lock of the Week!
1: Sam Graham, 27.2% of the time. It works 100% of the time. And, and I actually have hit more bets than you have. And I'm going to keep that fucking trainer rolling. And it's only a matter of time before I'm in front of you again because you can't help yourself. So I am going to pick Villa and Southampton to draw at plus 260. That's not a bad bet. I, I definitely think that match has got draw written all over it. It very well could. But you know what you don't have right now? Is what? A whole $17? 17 U.S. dollars in the motherfucking bank. Okay. You don't have that right now. And in, in here, in here all the people on Twitter were thinking, we're thinking, great. We don't have to listen to Sam talk about 69 anymore. But apparently <laughs> he's going to make 17 just as bad. Oh, I'm getting that tattooed on my
0: cheek. <laughs> You know okay. what uh, I did because this is apparently, as you all so eloquently put it, me spending my daughter's college fund. Uh, you know what I did? I bought my daughter lunch at college once. There you go. Well
1: okay. done. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I I got I can I, I think it, it wasn't warrant. There was a it might have been Dachan. I think it was Dachan that had the hair metal song. She's only seventeen. So now that's <laughs> that's you and you. F- fucking $17 bet. You know, that was a mediocre segment, much like this show has been mediocre, but we strive to give you more. And you know what we give you? We give you Kitty, the fucking chicken. Well,
4: Kitty lost, and unfortunately, Mount 500 continues to elude her as she sits at 9 and 11. Now, I went up to the cube. I noticed Kitty was a little bit blue as she misses her guy who's been away for a few days.
1: Oh, she misses me. I think she
4: does. Uh, Now, she was on the perch strumming Wonderwall by Oasis.
1: Wow, that's right. Kitty does play a mean rhythm guitar. She
4: really does. It's incredible uh, how she keeps it in tune up there. Now, clearly, she decided the game she wanted to pick, and it's Man City to beat Sheffield.
1: Very good. So she's going along with Pat there.
4: It seems like a no-brainer, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, guys. Always remember to please gamble legally and responsibly.
1: No, I'm cutting him off. He's not allowed to fucking talk. He was just taking a fucking selfie while we were doing a segment. He was just taking a and he something. said my
4: fake that lipstick was distracting.
1: Out. That has to be called out. Find out why
0: in my closing remarks. You're a fucking whore.
3: <laughs>
0: um, Maybe he so, should have the lipstick uh, in filter. Fantasy this week, much like in betting, uh, I did very well. Okay. Shot
3: uh,
0: I won over Brody uh, by the dominating scoreline of 65 to 39. Um Kenny edged out, avenging his loss to me. Uh, Elliot, 32 to 23. Taylor lost again. Big surprise with just his tip. 38 to 47 to Keith. Uh, Chris, wow, mate, just nine. A score of nine <laughs> uh, against Not Ray, who only scored 27. Uh, <laughs> the pitil- most pitiful game of the of the season so far alberto uh just lost out to Russ 28 to 23 uh rob oh unlucky mate uh lost to jb 62 to 47 uh you drew Smokey 30 30 which is weird um, thank apparently- god for harry
1: maguire's useless meaty forehead
0: well that's what happens when you have some fresh air your your third eye opens and instead of 2020 vision you have 30-30 vision. Uh, and then uh, Dave uh, Gekyll, uh beat out Her Highness, um, uh, who now might not actually be Her Highness much longer with the way her results are going. 63-40, uh, to uh, Geckle beat her. That puts Ray still on top, as much as it pains me to say. JB in second, those two unsufferable cunts. Uh, Smokey's back up to third, Allen down to fourth. I climbed to fifth at 12-0-8. Uh, Keith up to 6th, Elliot down to 7th, Alberto down to 8th, Sam, you remain in 9th, uh, Taylor in 10th, Lindsay in 11th, Rob in 12th, Kenny up to 13th, Chris drops down with that fantastic 9 showing uh, down to <laughs> 14th, Geckle is still in 15th with more points than the people six spots in front of him, and Russ is still... Very much socially oh no, not really socially distant anymore. He's only three points back of, of geckel, uh down at the foot of the table in the golf derby.
1: Uh-oh. Geckel, you better get your shit together, brother. That'll be a huge six pointer, that. Don't wanna don't wanna have to fantasy find yourself golf. playing fantasy <laughs> golf, man. Do not wanna have to find yourself. But it's not just playing fantasy golf. It's reporting back to all of us in a report weekly of how you're doing in fantasy, fantasy golf. golf. And I expect some good journalistic shit, man. I expect like riveting fucking uh, posts. I don't expect you to just go, "Oh, I won this week by one." No, I expect you to explain why you chose the golfers you chose. We want a fucking breakdown for fuck's sake, right? Absolutely. Uh, got him right in. Got him right in the middle of him sucking down his vape. <laughs> middle of the old
0: vape there. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
1: For that. Uh, all right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. Sammy, any parting words?
0: Yes, uh, I do want to put out there through the magic of radio. You're hearing this on Friday as usual. We are recording on Thursday night, uh, which is January 28th, my four-year wedding anniversary. So I want to give a shout out to my lovely lady wife um, who's waving at me as she's filling up the Brita with water. I don't know if you can hear that or not, uh, but happy anniversary, my dear. And the reason I took the selfie is for the old Facebook because the beer I'm drinking is a button and muffin the honeymoon. I bought this three weeks ago and saved it specifically for tonight. It's a hazy double IPA uh, that clocks in at 8.5%. And if you want to hear me actually review the beer, all you have to do is go to www.patreon.com du football show, where Mel and I talk about the fun, interesting, and wild beers that we drink during the show. And you get to hear Sam admit that he is a piece of shit and only drinks Ice House. And it's the only time I've heard that arrogant cunt
1: talk any shit about himself at all except for tonight i'm drinking a craft beer oh it just says lager on the label (laughs) yeah but it's made from a craft distillery and you'll we'll talk about it (laughs) in injury time (laughs) which is next and we're going to preview all the week's action as well we also check in on our favorite scottish heroin-led team iberian the old Ibs, ibs and uh Please check us out. Uh, Sam already stomped all over my opportunity to pitch it to him, so we're not going to let him do it uh, this time again because he's already done it enough because he's a fucking Yes. So until next week, everybody. Good night.
2: Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Pretend to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great right, AA, the fucking guter Graham. Smoke of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Graham Sam Graham. Look